Hello, and welcome to the IMG Podcast, where we are dedicated to empowering IMGs through deep diving conversations, inspirational stories, analysis of match trends, and beyond. Our mission is to help you learn what it takes to succeed and to thrive as an international medical graduate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Match a Resident IMG Podcast. We are here. We're very excited that it's holiday season and we're aware that it's the thick of interview season. Many of you are feeling stressed, you're unsure, and we're here to alleviate some of that. My name is Amanda. I'm the Director of Communications for Match Resident. Some of you may know me as the host of this podcast, as well as I love collaborating with our ambassadors and programs to share more information and inspire you all. We have a really great guest today. I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about his journey. Thank you for having me, Amanda. Uh, my name is Emmanuel Salcedo. Uh, I am a PGY1 family medicine intern over at Valley Health Team in California. I was originally born in Peru. I studied medicine in Peru. And then just like many of those who are listening, decided to make the jump to the U.S. Uh, I took the U.S. USMLE steps. Uh, had a hard time with the first one, especially where uh, I actually had COVID when I took step one, um, and uh, I failed it the first time. I took it the second time. You know, it's all on the line, and I had COVID, but I was able to pull it off uh, and uh, su- successfully match this cycle. So, uh, open to providing any feedback, advice, uh, encouragement to any of the listeners. Wow, that is crazy to hear because. I've interviewed with a lot of people recently, and I hear that COVID's a prevalent theme, right? Either it avoided them from getting USCE, or it made it more difficult for you to get through the match cycle because you couldn't get interviews or you couldn't come here to get them in person. So for you, you actually were sick when you took your step one. Yeah, I uh, intentionally isolated because that was my big fear. I stayed at a hotel, and the day before, I wasn't feeling well, uh, went to bed early, I tried to relax that day, went to bed early, and then the day of, I woke up, had some chills, uh, had a temperature of 100, you know, just borderline, uh, that, and then uh, had some stomach upset, bought some medicine, went to take the test. They were uh, checking your temperature then, and you had to wear a mask. I uh, was able to pass through that, but like two hours into the exam, started feeling horrible. Around noon, I took a break for lunch and was feeling worse, took some more ibuprofen, Gatorade, and actually scheduled a COVID test for that same day. Uh, I went after I finished the exam, and um, yeah, I, I passed both. So I guess that's a positive for both. <laughs> that's that's a funny way to look at it. Yeah, you did. You passed both, but at least you made it through. Obviously, you made it to the other side. Um, so, what was that like for you, though, going into the application cycle? Like, were you kind of like, "Wow, this is going to be a wild ride"? Like, I already started off. Like, I got COVID, but we're doing the thing. Yeah, I um, so I, I passed, but I actually obtained a low score, uh, low 200s. So I was able to pick my score up in step two, CK. Uh, but I was very concerned, obviously. Uh, as I interviewed, I actually had a program that asked me specifically about that. And I was able to share my story and, and they understood. Um, but yeah, a lot of concerns with that. I think making a difference, a significant jump in step two really helps, uh, especially if you can explain, you know, how you learn from that. Yeah, I feel like that is definitely a common theme in interviews. It's like they really want to hear more about your journey and how that went rather than, you know, excuses. Like just own up to what you learned from it and how you improved later on. And I think that'll be seen as a positive. 
Agreed, agreed. I've uh, met with a lot of people for mock interviews, and uh, I always say, you know, when they ask you about those red flags, always end it on a positive theme. You know, what happened? Own it. How did you learn? And then how did that make you better for step two, three, uh, OET, or whatever you took? So um, you mentioned interview season that it was, you know, you were asked about maybe your red flags or your struggles during interview season. How did you approach interview season? How did you prepare for those who are, you know, they're in the thick of it right now, but maybe they're hoping to receive more interviews and they're wanting to make sure that they knock those interviews out of the park? Uh, well, I, I try to maximize my odds by being very intentional with the programs that I applied to. I, I used Natural Resident, looked up all family medicine, specifically in uh, cities that had a, a large Hispanic population, since I felt I would be a stronger candidate in that sense. Uh, did that and then applied um, all over, specifically California, and uh, was able to obtain uh, several interviews from all over the state, really, but a lot from the Central Valley. Uh, it's a big Hispanic population there. Some cities having, you know, 50 to 60 percent. So I would look up the census uh, when I would receive an interview from a program to just share some sets about the city and why I applied to that program specifically. And I, I think that that helped. That is cool because, I mean, you said you applied in match the cycle, right? So or last cycle. Did you use the supplemental application and did you do geographic preferences? Uh, when applying to FM last cycle, they didn't have that uh, to sort of, you know, highlight where you wanted to go specifically. But, um, and I, I didn't have to go to the supplemental the SOAP program either. Okay, very cool. I wasn't sure yet because um, that's new in this cycle. So I wasn't sure. Um, great. So, you were going through interview season, um, you know, you said you selected specifically. So does that mean preparing for your interviews, you just really brushed up on your program knowledge and like rehearsed your answers? How did you prepare for those? Yeah, I uh, I wrote down a couple of the most common questions, maybe 15 or 20 that I kept hearing people say or that I found online. And then I would have certain points so it wouldn't sound too robotic, I guess. Uh, even a couple of jokes that I would say, depending on what they would ask. And uh, really tried to make it more about a conversation than just a, you know, like being pimped right there. Just question after question after question. That's good. No, I, I that's a common theme I hear. Like, go into your interviews, seeing it as a conversation. Like, you're interviewing the program as much as they're interviewing you. Like, you're trying to make sure this is a good fit for you because this is going to be where you're spending a lot of stressful time in your life. It really is. And I mean, now that I've been able to interview other candidates and just seeing it from the other point of view, they're really just looking for someone that they want to work with. I mean, everyone has overcome their struggles. They they pass the exams. They, they know the material, but really get to show that, you know, personality and who you're going to be spending the next three, four or five years with is, is important. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that like, I, I said this in a lot. I always hear the one that someone told me, are you going to want to be with this person at 3 a.m.? So I think when you present yourself in the interviews, too, you don't want to be giving those cookie cutter answers. You don't want to be telling them what you think they want to hear. Like, truly be yourself. Say why you're excited to be in that program, why you're excited to be in that area, what your hobbies are, what you want to get from that program, that kind of thing. I think they want to see you're excited about it and who you actually are. It's very true. Very true. And 
uh, they won't always remember specific details about you, but you want to be remembered as, oh, that one guy that loves, you know, snowboarding or that one guy that, you know, hosts a podcast or that one person that did this or that. That's really what you want to know of, be known as, because a lot of those generic cookie cutter questions, like you mentioned, uh, people answer them all the same way. So you have to be careful with that. I agree. I, I think that's a hard thing to We get a lot with applicants. They're like, what hobbies should I say? What should I say? That's the best thing that's going to highlight me. And it's like, honestly, you need to talk about what you actually care about. What is true to you? Because telling them what you think they want to hear or trying to guess what the program thought of you when you're creating your rank order list, it's really not going to serve you. Like it needs to be a two part process. You both need to be giving something in. Very true. Very true. And then going into uh, the breaking part of the season is very important as well. Uh, you know, are you going to feel comfortable there? Are you going to be able to find, in my case, uh, I, I like cooking. So, you know, the ingredients that I use when I cook, uh, my family's going to be out of town. So is there a local airport where they're going to be able to fly into or will they have to drive, you know, four hours to get to me? Uh, things like that are important as well. That's true. You really do need to think about your overall life there. Like, I think sometimes people get lost into the, I'll just match anywhere. I'm just applying in mass. I want an interview, anything. But really think about what your future is going to look like because this is going to determine what kind of doctor you are as well, how happy you are, what your personal life is like. These are all things that you really need to observe before you go in for interviews and make sure that you talk about them openly and stick true to those things. Exactly, exactly. I, I feel like uh, as IMGs, we have like this, you know, boost of energy of I, I made it, I did it. But you really have to care for your mental health and your overall wellness, um, especially during entering year, because some of those months can get pretty difficult. So you want to make sure that you're going to feel comfortable, you know, inside and outside the hospital. I agree. So in terms of thinking about the, like what you said, taking care of your mental wellness, I think that from a lot of the calls we got messages, which I completely understand, people are really discouraged right now. They're upset if they're not getting interviews. They're not sure why. What did they do wrong? Are they not worth it? And I feel like none of that's true, but I'm curious, what advice do you give to applicants that come to you who are like, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Yeah, I, I've heard that as well. And the first thing I say is just congratulations on making it to this point. You know, th this alone is a victory and you need to take the win and then continue to plan towards the future, right? Most of my interviews I received uh, later on in the season, I, I feel like that might be a trait that occurs with many IMGs. Uh, I don't have any data to back that up, but it feels that way. Uh, so first off, you know, don't yeah. lose motivation. Uh, keep uh, showing who you are in each interview and uh, on a personal note, the program where I matched that, I actually received my invite around this time of the year, around uh, Christmas, because I remember my friends saying it was the best Christmas gift. <laughs> and then I ended up matching there as well. Wow, that is the best Christmas gift. No, I, I can't imagine how exciting that must have been. I actually, it's funny you said that, though, because I never actually put that together until maybe this moment. But I have had a lot of interviews with IMGs and I hear that often that they got interviews later in the season and maybe they did have inter interviews at the beginning of the season, but I hear it very often that they match into the programs or that they had the best interviews that they had actually in like January, which is not, I don't think common for us medical graduates, but I do think it is a thing for IMGs. 
Agreed. Agreed. I feel like as you go later on in the season, there will be some um, AMGs, American graduates, who will begin to cancel out some of their interview invites or just people will be able to cancel out for random reasons or uh, they already found people will pre-match into programs as well. So that'll take out, you know, some of the candidates and open up more slots as programs look to fill. Um, so I would say don't get discouraged. There's there's still a lot of season to play. Oh, I love I love that. A lot of season to play. I, I think so, too. And I think part of it is also staying diligent, right? Like, keep up with that prep. Keep up with those letters of interest, too. If, you know, if you think that's going to help you stand out, make sure that you don't just give up and say, oh, oh, well, it's not going to happen. Because if you do end up getting that interview, then you won't be prepared. You won't be there mentally. And I think it's also just important to your overall journey, right? Like, as an IMG to becoming a doctor or getting a residency in the U.S., um, I think part of it is sometimes you might have to go through the match more than once. And I hate saying that, but a lot of people or ambassadors that we have now who are thriving and are amazing and so inspirational, they had to go through it more than once or they had to learn from, you know, maybe how to approach it better the next time or how can they improve their application. And I think it does make you a better doctor in the long run. Yeah, that, that's very true. I remember that later on during the season, I had actually, I was rotating it still at a hospital and with my PCP, uh, I was, you know, knocking on doors left and right just to stay active because I, at the time I wasn't, or I am an older IMG applying four or five years after graduation. So one of my hurdles was showing that I am still competitive. So I wanted to say that, you know, if I had an interview, I could say, yeah, I'm actually rotating right now. I just did, you know, blank inpatient. I just saw patients in the you know outpatient setting. Uh, and I think that that helped as well. Oh, that's a good point. I, I've actually heard that as a theme as well. Staying hungry, staying consistent and showing them, look, I'm still doing something. I'm still continuing my education. I'm still continuing my experience because I'm passionate about this. Very true. Yes, because a lot of people will plan specifically for match season. So they'll get their rotations in, those LORs in, you know, for the beginning of match season. But then that's sort of it. Or we'll do their volunteer work really up until they apply. And then that's it. And then programs can sort of see through that. Um, so if you are passionate about it, then this is a lifestyle. It's not just something you do for the season. So uh, even after I match, my program asked me, you know, what are you doing? And I told him I was going to go on a medical mission to Peru because I'm passionate about um, international medical travels and was able to see people in the Amazon jungle. And they were like, OK, you know what? We love this about you. So I, I think it's very important what you do, you know, up until the interview and after the interview. Yeah, I agree. Wow. I love that, though, that you really did continue to you decided what was important to you. You emulated that and you stuck true to that despite whatever the circumstance may be, which I think is part of why IMGs are just so, such amazing doctors, honestly. <laughs> you know what? I, I heard one of my attendings say that IMGs are built different. And uh, I think it's going to cost some of those extra hurdles to go through and it just um, helps us, you know, work and grind harder. So congrats to all those IMGs out there. IMGs are built different. They really are. It's it's something, I mean, it's not an easy thing to go through. And that's why I'm always impressed, especially when I talk to people who have successfully matched and are giving back to their community, are trying to show others the way to achieve the same things that they did. And 
I think that's also part of what makes the IMG community so amazing is it is a supportive community and there are those resources, but it definitely requires consistency and dealing with, like you said, a lot of hurdles. Yeah, I, I love the fact that I was able to find such a supportive community. I mean, there are a lot of people that I ran into from you know all, all over the world who really just wouldn't just go through that big door, but would hold it open and help as many people get through. Uh, as I was applying, I would reach out to IMGs who would put in a good word for me. Um, I think maybe one or two of those interviews were because someone spoke on my behalf. So, um, yeah, there's a big IMG community out there willing to support you. That's amazing that you like even felt like you got interviews because of that. Did you send letters of interest? Uh, I sent one letter of interest, and uh, up until the season, I had reached out to IMGs. I mean, honestly, uh, th there was one program that I really liked, and I reached out to one of the residents without knowing them because he had traveled to uh, Peru, a, a part where, uh, of the city where I actually lived. And then he wrote back to me, and we talked about that, and then he reached out to uh, his program director as well. Um, but yeah, as far as letters of intent, I mean, I did. I networked as much as I could um, and was able to match. Yeah, I think networking is really, really important, especially for an IMJ. Yeah, it, it really is a big part of it. And at least Peru, is a, is, there isn't much networking there. Uh, when you come to the U.S., you really have to be open to, um, you know, creating all your, your LinkedIn accounts and reaching out to different um, programs, much like Metro Resident. I mean, uh, there's a lot of support there for finding programs that match your application, but also a lot of people that just want to, you know, help and share experience, maybe someone you can study with. Uh, I, I think there is a huge community out there. Yeah, I, I've seen it on Reddit. I see it obviously on Match a Resident, especially with our takeovers. People who take over our account are always so generous with their information. And I know they've gone on to mentor many people. So don't hesitate to ask those questions and just try to build your community. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I've been fortunate enough to be able to give back through Match a Resident and uh, host, uh, I think, to maybe two takeovers. Yeah, you've done and, two uh, great takeovers. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I love it and a lot of great questions being asked there. Uh, so if you feel free and you see a takeover, ask your questions. Yeah, ask your questions. Try to make those connections. I mean, get that perspective. And I think and I always try to stay hopeful. Like it's very easy as an IMG to get beat down. You see constantly a lot about um, what are your chances? Oh, I have this many interview bites. I I have this score, I have that. You know, you're more than just your resume. You're not just your scores. You're not just if you have this or that. Or it, it, You really need to be proud of who you are and why you're pursuing this path and make sure that that's at the forefront of your application and your interviews. 100% agree. And we're all running our own race, right? We've all had different circumstances, different scores, uh, U.S. clinical experience. So I think that many times we're very hard on ourselves and we compare uh, to other people that we're applying with. And that, that's not fair. We're just, you know, setting ourselves up for failure there. You are an excellent candidate. You passed the steps. You are here. So um, you should see yourself as such. I agree. There's a reason they say comparison is the thief of joy because it will never serve <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. I Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we shared some great advice today. I wanted to see, is there anything you want to add? Is there any last minute tips or inspiration that you want to give to any IMGs who are going to listen to this? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
And just encourage anyone that's listening to continue grinding, putting in the work. Uh, I I filled an exam and I was still but a match. If you feel like you obtained a low score, you failed, you have a red flag, old IMG, whatever it is, keep uh, running toward your dream. You will reach it at the end and uh, just encourage everyone along the way. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us. You really, you did give some great advice. You are an inspiration. And you can, anyone who listens to this, you can feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. Send us a message if you have any questions. I'm sure the name Manuel feels the same way. Um, we will be tagging you on this post. So everyone can just find the information there and reach out to us if you have anything that you'd like to add. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much and have a great day. All right, dear friends, that concludes this episode of the IMG Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune in for upcoming releases. You can learn more by visiting Match Resident on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you. And until next time, take care.